In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello dog fans and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast because everything matters, uh, including uh, possible Sound the Firen uh, sometime relatively soon or Sound the Buyout. Um, I am your host, Hooligan7. I'm joined tonight by FMAC, JCAP, and UWA. How's everybody doing this evening? Doing well. Doing well. As well as, yeah, as well as you can be. Yeah, let the heads roll. All of them. Man. Well, most of them. You have been judged unworthy. (laughs) 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 All right, we'll we'll start with... uh, with beverages for the evening. Leo, we'll start with you. What do you have? I am rocking the Black Raven Kitty Cat Blues because, man, the football team, the athletic department in general, kind of giving me the blues. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Mm-hmm. So. FMAC, what do you got? Oh, I've got starting off with some red wine. I'm going to make a move, though, given the the blues comment maybe just an everclear or something i don't know Let's see. <laughs> it's not apple cup week yet i'm uh, getting started early <laughs> getting started early jcap what do you got uh i got some red wine as well i think i'm just gonna stick with it for now but yeah yeah i, I will say I, I was on the red wine train earlier i had a glass of tempranillo with dinner um mm. but i'm currently sipping because our uh professional hockey team in seattle is playing a game I currently have a small little glass of uh, a Kraken rum uh, from the Attacks from Seattle bottle uh, as the official sponsor of the Seattle Kraken. And then as soon as I finish this, I am working, I will be moving on to a Rogue Pineapple Party Punch Hazy hazy India Pale Ale brewed with pineapple and Cry J-Cap Toasted Coconut. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what we're partying for, but hey, we'll we'll, we'll take it. Um, all right, uh, moving on to our normal segment, the the Dogman sixty seven special. Uh, stupid tweets. <laughs> Anybody have anything? I just got one in reply to my uh, silly tweet about the Seattle area getting an inch of rain today, and is that enough to put out the dumpster fire on Mount Lake? And some genius from Wazoo said, "Just wait until you lose the apple cup." And both JCAP and Hooligan responded in, you know, in kind, but it was just like, you have lost eight in a row and haven't won in nine years. So to no, be fair, to, to be fair, we've looked dog shit terrible all year. So, I mean, if they were ever going to talk shit, this would be the time to do it. But, I mean, still not a good look. We haven't won in almost ten years. In... In the years even that we've beaten them, they've been the better team a couple of the times. It doesn't yeah, matter that's true. if Apple Cup. So. That's true. They're, but yeah, that's, my, that's my nomination. Ten, yeah, the, their three consecutive 10-win years when uh, during our student tenures, Leah, and uh, oh for the Apple Cup. Pip-pip cheerio. Um, yeah, I don't know that I have anything that, that stands out uh, other than... Um, Wilner slash Jen Cohen's continual tweeting standing for Justin Wilcox as a potential replacement of Jimmy Lake. His, uh, his, no. He just cannot pick a lane because he's decided to go like, okay, yeah, people who like 
want Jimmy Lake slash everybody fired. They're actually not the lunatic friend. They're pretty reasonable. And then he follows that up by saying, oh, yeah, and also I think UW should hire Justin Wilcox. No, friend. Which is basically like, I mean, Cal's offense has looked a little better than ours, but the the gap between Justin Wilcox and Jimmy Lake in terms of their philosophy is... I, Negligible. It's not far. <laughs> it's not far. Um, all right, where do we want to start? Do we want to talk about what we saw from Oregon? Uh, do we want to talk about all of the fallout? I know we were all in the Twitter spaces, or, or most of us were in the Twitter spaces for a while on Monday night. Um, but for our podcast listeners that aren't on Twitter, um, impressions from Oregon, thoughts, takeaways from... We, we, we're fine. We, we did get a fire in. John Don is gone. Downs in a game do that to you. Seven Average first downs correct. in a game when you lose by ten to the number four team in the country. By ten. And we're gifted nine points. Yeah. Yep. And your average drive start position for a decent part of the first half was actually inside Oregon territory. Yep. Yeah, like we've talked about like what an average offense would do to our record average not even good right just average if we have an average offense at worst we're probably leading that game at the half about 17 to 3 forcing the ducks with anthony brown to throw consistently on our secondary yeah yeah it was so it was really bad it was, it, it, I guess, worse because I feel like for like Oregon is like their number three now, but um, they're a very beatable team. Is even for our team, who's you know they have the talent, but they're not well coached. I never felt like even at the end, it's like you know we could potentially surprise everybody and win the game like we get against Stanford, but wasn't to be. But it's like that's almost even more frustrating to know that like yes, we lost by ten and we were gifted nine points. But also that we were probably good enough to win that game. That's to me, that's worse. So, not that I'll ever forgive the entire coaching staff for me not being able to send the tweet that I sent to the to the GC about you that if we'd won that game to tweet at Oregon football, you just lost to academic prowess. <laughs> I wanted to send that tweet so bad. Upset about that. Missed opportunity. Right. Yeah, I think, I mean, overall, like, my, like, the the game basically, I mean, in terms of, like, if you were to press me on my prediction heading in, it would have been pretty close to what we saw. But, I mean, I thought our offense would be bad, but it was spectacularly bad. I, I was thinking, like, hey, our offense isn't going to do much. Their offense is going to lean on us. Our defense is eventually going to wear out. And they're going to pull away in, you know, late third, fourth quarter. Like, that's about what I thought was going to happen. Um, now, I didn't anticipate our defense, you know, spotting us and our offense what they did. And that's what made it, like, spectacularly bad in terms of the performance of our offense. It was so atrocious um, that, like, you know, you shouldn't – you should have – you shouldn't have waited till the next day to fire John Don. You should have done it like that night. It was so bad. Lord. 
and under duress ago. too. Like I mean, he was he did that. Like I'm sure. Like basically, it wasn't his. I mean, it had all the makings of looking like the athletic director forced him to do that because he should have done it as we know weeks ago. So. Yeah, we were all there. Like we were, we were at the. I mean, my breaking point was Michigan, and I emailed Jen and, you know, CC, you know, everybody and their mom on that email, um, and it was like, hey, this guy needs to go. Like it was a questionable hire to begin with. He has a not just a average, but like a really terrible track record as an OC. Like people saw this coming. Like we need to make a change now, right? That was after Michigan. And we limped along for God knows like what reason. Um, and, you know, finally, I mean, I, I wish Oregon would have punched it in at the end. Honestly, that's how I was feeling. Like, fuck us. Like, please punch it in. This is so bad. Like, just like bullet to the head, please. <laughs> it's like my feeling. <laughs> Not pulling any punches. Oh, I, I will say I did think of a while we're on the subject, I did just think of a stupid tweet. Shout out to all the Oregon fans that think that that Cristobal was the one that ended, you know, or, or, or you know, ended Chris Peterson as a head coach and, you know, that, that they're responsible for ending Jimmy Lake. I'm like, no, dumbasses, Jimmy Lake is responsible for ending Jimmy Lake. <laughs> did, did Oregon uh, put a gun to Jimmy Did Oregon Lake? hire John Donovan? Did Oregon hire John Donovan? Did Oregon orchestrate the Michigan, sorry, the Michigan, the Montana loss? I mean, Oregon's responsible for some things, you know, atrocious uniforms, you know, subpar academics. They're totally responsible for that. But in terms of our failures this year, no, they have no part in that. No, and they're a good good team. They're not a great team. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know why, like. I hope they make the playoffs so they get curb stopped on national TV. I hope that. Nah. I want them not to make the playoffs and whoever they play in the bowl <laughs> game to curb stomp them anyway. You think? Yeah. Well, because well, I think they're not going to go into Salt Lake this weekend. It's win. little it's whatever little. whatever happens. It's very little comfort to us, honestly, because we're just such in such a terrible place, right? Yeah. And you could say, oh, it will be great if this and that. Like we, you know, hey, they deserve to talk all the shit they want because our head coach is just like a corny gaff machine. <laughs> from like the very beginning with the yep. run the damn ball hat to like the academic prowess to like everything that guy does this like oh well man. i mean i think that you know he absolutely started the week off really poorly with the academic prowess comment and taking an unnecessary dig at oregon and just showing a lot of lack of maturity lack of you know understanding the moment and understanding like yeah. this is really going to be bad for you and actually because he did that he made the university president as i said on our um twitter gc he he made her sit up and listen to what he was doing and then saturday happened and she was probably watching when he slapped his own player so you know which is you know been talked about six ways to sunday but um yeah his comment about oregon absolutely was his undoing in the, in the long term because I think if he hadn't said that, and we, even if, even if the slap happens, not sure it's as penalized as it is now because he made the university look really bad two times in a week nationally. Yeah, well, when yeah. when when a university president starts like legitimately trying to talk smack like Oregon's president did, something went off the rails. Um, 
Hey, and we got we we think we got Hood Husky in the house. We'll yeah. Um, so we'll be figure. joined by his the the dulcet tones <laughs> of, of and, and vocal stylings of Hood right. Husky in a minute. Witness um, witness protection program Husky. <laughs> <laughs> get the video. Get the, turn the light. Turn the lights on, Hood. <laughs> He's gonna start changing his name as often as he does. <laughs> Or F Mac, for that matter. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah. Um, hey, no, I, I mean, we do it too. It's all in good fun. Hey, Hood, you guys. I don't us. have a big following like you guys. It doesn't matter. People don't care if I change my name. <laughs> yeah, I'm out here. Late Husky all right. today. All right, Late Husky. Uh, we'll circle back. We're, we're talking all things Oregon and, and Fallout and all of thing, the things above, but. Uh, you sipping on anything or, or have any stupid tweets to, to shame? No uh, stupid tweets uh, other than some of my own, maybe, at the beginning <laughs> of the season. But, uh, we're all guilty of those. <laughs> but uh, we're going to leave those alone. Uh, I appreciate but, the uh, cell phone, though. I appreciate the cell phone. You, you like that? You like that? So I'll actually actually go look for a, uh, a good stupid tweet for myself. But sipping on the Corona, um, I actually just finished it, though. So now it's water. Nice. Nice. Uh, just yeah, a it, quick flash: the Husky women, Husky women's volleyball beat Stanford in the season sweep for the first time since '05. So. Nice. Let's go. Nice. Um, while we're on the subject of, of other Husky athletics, before we get back to the Oregon conversation, I tweeted it yesterday. Huge shout out to Coach Langley and her staff. Haven't coached a game at the University of Washington and signed a top 10 class in the country. No. The other the other teams in the conference also like I mean as much as like obviously coach Langley but also Stanford, UCLA, Oregon, Oregon State, Arizona all signed top 10 class. This is the best conference in the country for women's basketball right here. And that is why we were able to attract a big big time coach also because of our academically prowess. Um but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, just an, an absolute banger of a class. Cannot wait to see those kids on Mount Lake. And uh, for anyone who needs something to do tomorrow night, 7 p.m. tip off the Huskies take on uh, San Diego at 7 o'clock. And first time they've had a, a home game with fans in uh, like two years. So uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to be probably live uh, tweeting. Super fired up about that. Haven't been excited to be uh, at a women's basketball game in two years. Uh, maybe even probably more like five because we actually have a decent women's basketball coach. So uh, I don't think they're on TV tomorrow, but they're probably going to be on Pac-12 Network uh, on streaming. So check it out. They're going to be great this year. Yeah. As much as it was, I, I will say, since we're talking about the academic prowess com comment from Coach Lake, as much as it was a not a good from an awareness standpoint, that was not the thing that he needed to shout out in a rivalry week. Um, for all of the Duck yeah. fans that are butthurt about that comment, it is true. I don't care if you're part of the, you know, the same, it's you know, association of the same, you know, association of universities. The University of Washington is a better school than the University of Oregon, and fuck off if you if you can't see that. It's not close. <laughs> it, At the end of the day, it's it's. No. It's a top 10 public university, you know, based on, you know, depending on which, you know, which ranking, which services you like, just get out of here. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, back to the Oregon conversation. Um, so John Don is gone. I will say I'm really encouraged and really 
I'm looking forward to watching and listening to the game this weekend. I'm not going to be able Same. to make it. Um, but seeing what it's going to look like with Junior Adams getting a shot to call the plays, it sounds like there's been some pretty significant changes in terms of what we're doing scheme-wise as much as can be in an in-season adjustment like that. Um, and, you know, heck, you know, I, I never thought we'd be here, uh, but let's go Bob. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how would it make look Jimmy look if we finished the season 3-0? How's that going to make Jimmy look? It, yeah, if, pretty if pretty Bob's bad, man. Terrible. Absolutely. And it's very and possible, think, too. I think uh, the kids are probably going to be excited to, you know, because no one no one expects the Huskies to do anything. If they're just about 25% better offensively than they have been the rest of the season, they're going to, I mean, they're going to have a chance no matter what, because ASU, you know, it's the best time to play Arizona State in Seattle is a November game when it's really wet the best time to play them because they're not used to it for sure. So we're going to have a good chance in all three of these games. We yeah. have a good, decent chance. We should be able to compete and, you know, house money on the, on the dogs this week. I think that they could shock them, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised gonna, either way. But... I'm going to go put seven bucks on them at Snoqualmie yeah. Casino. Yep. It's a good choice. First time it's legal to do so. So I'm doing it. Seven's seven's a number. Yeah, that's exactly like again, hooligan seven. So, <laughs> this is not an accident that that dollar amount is being selected. <laughs> um, but I mean, I would also say to, to add on to what Leah, what you were saying, the best time to play Arizona State is any time that anybody expects them to be good because <laughs> <laughs> year after which year, is, which is why Washington State. Was able to just completely annihilate them in Tempe because they were they had what they were the Cougs were like seventeen point dogs in, the, in that game, and they just caught ASU flat footed. And Arizona State had a pretty good game last week, and you know in response to that game. But um, you know I have a hard time picking the Huskies outright. I just think that you know it's good for them to be underdogs, and they sure will. Uh, let's see how they play. Let's see how they play under uh, slightly new leadership this week, and let's see how it goes. Well, Harm yeah. said he was going test that secondary, so I'm excited to see a, 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 a offense actually do it. Damn, you know? Yep, please. yep, yep. Please do it. Please, please, please. They got the weapon for it, too. Yeah, if it's going to be wet and raining in conditions you're not comfortable with, please throw the ball on us. I would love it yeah. so much. Yeah, I mean, if, if you actually try and test the secondary, I'm going to put it, like, at least two picks. And that's not a disrespect to Jaden Daniels, who's a good quarterback, but He's he's gonna kill us with his feet. Those two potential first yeah. round running backs are gonna do what they gonna do. Uh, so I doubt they're. I think that was just you know Herm talking trash a little bit. But I think they're just gonna stick to a run a heavy That's run true. game, run with Jaden Daniels a bunch, and they're gonna kind of run the clock out. But honestly, control. at this point, like if we lose the game, like if we lose this game, you know, thirty one twenty four. I mean everyone's expecting it but like if we score 24 27 points like and the offense actually looks like it can move the ball that's an encouraging sign for for the rest of the year like i don't i can't i can't i don't know if i can get excited about 24 27 points like i'm i'm not saying I mean, i'm thrilled by it junior adams has been junior adams Peyton uh, mccollum scott huff have been a part of these game plans with john donovan so i'm not really expecting too much different maybe like more receiver oriented but that's about it yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it it really is. It's a it's the great unknown. <laughs> we could, yeah, we'll see. Um, I mean, and I know we're, we're saying like you know what will happen the rest of the season, and we could go you know two and one, three and zero, oh, with you know this new hybrid leadership. Technically, um, it is still a one game suspension for Coach Lake. Yeah. However. And if it is a one game suspension and he comes back, I hope he takes his his a big dose of humility, learn something from it, and and we see a different coach Lake uh, after this weekend. However, with as much in the media is writing, and you know you have Softy Heward, everyone under the sun talking about it being basically a foregone conclusion that Jimmy has coached his last game at Washington. It would be an order of magnitude like. It would be about as shocking as me be, being the the next athletic director to replace Jen Cohen. Although I, Lee, I appreciate the shout last week. Lee wouldn't. I'll be shocked. more qualified. More qualified. I'm more qualified, but I haven't qualified. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think I'm getting that phone call. <laughs> um, have you applied? Is the question. I have not. Um, I, although I do know a little something about recruiting. <laughs> um. In any case, um, it, it's going to be an interesting rest of the season from what we've talked about either in the spaces or kind of what you see in the rumor mill. Uh, what do you think is next? What do you hope for is next? What are you afraid of is next uh, for our football program? And, you know, where's the where's the high end? Where, you know, where's the optimistic? Who are the people you, you'd be excited about? As our next head coach, who are the people you fear? As our next head coach, who are the people that are like, yeah, don't fear, but we'll see. I would just say I'm most afraid of um, kind of the, the pattern that we've seen from the athletic department, that if Jimmy Lake is in fact fired, that we're going to pursue this next head co- football coach with a bargain basement mentality of trying to go after an, you know, an unproven assistant from – you know, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm concerned that we're we're afraid to open up the pocketbook, and especially mm-hmm. given um, Coker's thread. Shout out Coker! It was an amazing thread on finances. Bingo. Um, we Big should be able to open up the pocketbook and decide this matters to our athletic department. It sure as hell matters to the bottom line of the athletic department because it's if you spend engine. money, it's the engine. If you spend money, you make money, and if you are not committed, we will find out how committed the University of Washington Athletic Department in this next hire. And not to be defeatist, but I have almost no faith in Jen Cohen as an athletic director. And so I feel like we are going to, I mean, the Justin Wilcox rumors may be very well true. And we just lost Hooligan. I think he just died in his chair. Um. I mean, it, we were talking about it in the pre-show. Like, other than the faux pas that that you know that they run the damn ball, the the mistakes that like like we like we talked about in spaces, like has been said ad nauseum all week. As a one-off incident, the incident with Fuabai isn't the reason that a change is made. Mm-mm. It's the confluence of all factors and kind of a a straw that broke the camel's back situation. 
Um, but outside of those faux pas, Justin Wilcox and Jimmy Lake is not a big difference in terms of their philosophy and how they coach a football team. You don't say, oh, well, this was a mistake and then hire the guy that's going to run something like that's going to have the same, a preference for an offensive philosophy that is slightly more advanced than what John Donovan brought to our program. He's he's probably got more football connections, um, especially with offensive guys, because didn't he work with like Sark and them? Uh, so I would he think does. he just has more football connections, but it's still the same principle, like defensive guy who hasn't really run a program or built a program or had yep. success. So uh, I'm looking for somebody who's shown program building uh, potential or has yeah. done it already. Yep. And and I will say Hood, to, to, to your point that it, it's unfortunate because of the COVID year and like the circumstances of, of like, it could have been a very different situation if, if COVID hadn't happened and we'd seen a full season last year from Coach Lake. It's unfortunate, but it reality is still reality. It's where the reality is now, man. You, yeah. The but, image of the school is just... It's taken a beating. Um, and then the, the other piece of it is that, like, perhaps Noah, it, he, wasn't, it, he wasn't in his first year on the job like Coach Lake was when COVID happened. But per, perhaps no program in the conference lost more momentum due to the pandemic than Cal. They were kind of a sneaky pick if if a season had happened normally based on the experience that they returned, that they could have stepped up and won the North and like under different circumstances, could I be intrigued by a Wilcox hire? Yes. Where we're at right now with what you're seeing from an attendance standpoint, you need to go out and, and do everything you possibly can to make some, to make a hire that fans boosters are going to be excited about unanimously. Yeah. I think honestly, a little bit about the Justin Wilcox, um, you know, boosting by John Wilner is a little bit about Justin Wilcox probably wants out of Cal because Cal is not doing a damn thing to support their athletes. They are an embarrassment and he wants to be in a place where that supports football. So in some ways, like I would love to see him, either be a DC for a couple of years again and then like give him another shot. But right now I'm just like, oh, this is a real big reach right, with him. to do that. Yep. Yeah. But but we're not in a position right now to be a to be a charity case and say, yeah, the circumstances shot you, you know, shot you in the foot, shot you in the ass. It was no fault of your own other than like the offensive philosophy thing. That's not Justin's fault. And he very well could be a great coach. And, and, and I said it in a tweet this week, like, I honestly hope that Jimmy, after the change, you know, happens, gets a shot somewhere as a defensive coordinator, gets more experience, gets more learning, gets gets people that will, you know, have, has a head coach that he works for that will challenge him and make him think differently. And then somewhere down the line, he gets another opportunity as a head coach and kills it. I want that for Jimmy because, and I will also say, you know, I, I want that to happen because he, it should and because there's countless opportunity, you know, countless coaches that have made bigger mistakes than Jimmy and have gotten second and third and fourth chances. And regardless of what happens, because that's outside our control, I, I tweeted about it. I will say a big thank you to Jimmy Lake for everything that he has done in his time at the University of, or for so much of what he's done in his time at the University of Washington, because he has had a huge contributing hand in the success that we've had during Peterson's era. 
period. NFL is littered with Jimmy Lake guys. Like he's literally innovated a position in the NFL as well. There's nobody yeah. playing that slot or those like behind the, the, the line of scrimmage plays better than our DB. Huge. I, I think it's unfortunate. And I think that's the thing we've all talked about it. It's like, we were so encouraged and so excited about what Jimmy could bring. And it was just, I think in, in hindsight, it was like, if Pete had hung on maybe another two years, three years, and, you know, even if coach Kwiatkowski, you know, if Pete hangs on another two or three years, coach Kwiatkowski probably doesn't leave to go to Texas, but Jimmy needed maybe another couple of two, three years as a coordinator, even without maybe the crutch of Kwiatkowski to maybe get some of the, lessons to truly prepare him to be the head coach getting back to the original topic so we're, we're obviously out on wilcox um any other names that have been rumbled rumored that are please god no knows huh um so, any any pack 12 assistant i'm good <laughs> any yeah. pack 12 assistant i'm good yeah Honestly, any Pac-12 head coach is basically a non-starter. Like, yeah, Mario Cristobal is, well, Whittingham. I guess is cool, but, like, I, I wouldn't want to have their sloppy seconds. He like wasn't, his, his record as a head coach isn't that impressive. That impressive. Yeah. Like, I, I agree with you there. Like, honestly, like, yeah, I mean. Cristobal is probably the chicest name of of, a, of the existing Pac-12 coaches, but you talk about a culture mismatch. <laughs> no, I can't stand that guy. And and I don't and, know. Who... And, and Mario, I'm going to say this very loudly. If you think we're what's wrong with college football, and particularly like Washington football fans are wrong with college football, fuck you. Go fuck yourself. Weird statement he made. It was for sure. Like, what the. Just any other no's? Um, not necessarily. I mean, one of the the ones that's constantly, you know, always kind of in our universe is 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 the new coach of the Huskies, Jim Mora. Yeah, the, the UConn Huskies. Um, focus on more yeses than no's, really. Twelve. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think uh, who who wants to start with like top two or three people that they'd be most excited about? Uh, I'll say. Are, are we talking? Are we talking like realistic gets, or are we talking like hot names that every? <sighs> yeah, hot names that we'll start, every single person with, is talking about. Santa yeah, we'll Claus list, the, F Mac. Yeah, we'll talk Santa Claus Santa, list, okay. and then we'll talk about the realistic yeses. <laughs> okay, that's fun. Let's 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 hit the wish list. <laughs> let's let's yes. do. Let's do. F Mac. Who well, are you hey, to Santa for? Oh my gosh! Like, hey, fickle, come come west, <laughs> right? Like, you you know, hood. You mentioned it, like program builders, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, that's 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 who he is, right? Like, program builder, like someone who can. Who can take something that's you know average and just build and build and build um and he's even like he's going to be putting dudes in the league this year too like mm -hmm. i mean Soft he's uh, you know man 
So like he's gonna, but the problem is, you know, there's competition. He's gonna be on. He's he's not just on our list, right? He's a hot name. So there's others out there. I'll let other people cover him, but that's that's one that's, yeah. Um, the coach from Iowa State, Matt. Like, is it Matt Campbell? Matt Campbell. He's my number one, but I'm sure, like, we we cannot afford him. There's, I we can afford him. I mean, we can. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We can afford him. Our athletic director will not open the pocketbook that wide for something that's not alcohol, and we know that. It's so. Oh! Got her. I think Got I her. think she feels that pressure though. I think she feels that she pressure, does. and like maybe her job depends on this next hire. And you know, so what I got her legacy does. Well she damn should. I got Matt Campbell. I got D- Dave Clawson from Wake Forest, and then a sneaky mm-hmm. one, Marshall's head coach Charles Huff. Who was okay. like a running backs coach for Bama? He's learned underneath. Okay. He's kind of the male Tucker, Tucker of their kind of of offense, maybe. Okay. So yeah, I, okay. I like those three names. Maybe even like Tony Elliott from Clemson. Yeah, um, I, I want. To, I, I ideally would want somebody with uh, head coaching experience. And it, and Leah, to your point about Campbell, like I don't think it's not a matter we can't afford him. I, I think it's more of a situation. He's a, a traditionally, I think, he, or he's been historically, basically exclusively a Midwest guy. And Fickle too, op- yeah. And anything that opens in the Midwest is going to be something that. Um, Jcap, how about you? Do you have a, a a different name at the top of your Santa Claus list? I mean, if we're talking about Santa Claus list, I mean, you have to start with Kellen Moore, right? Um, we threw everything but the kitchen sink at him for offensive coordinator, reportedly, and he said no. And uh, I think that if we were able to get him as head coach I mean I don't think anybody would be upset about it I I can't think of any faction of UW fans that would be mad about it because I mean there's always the the people that have been saying get away from the CP tree but he's a little bit different because he was a player he wasn't coaching with with Chris Peterson so exactly he has a shit ton of NFL experience and successful NFL experience I was just gonna say like he doesn't necessarily look to Chris Peterson as like his mentor and god and like i have to check with cp before i do anything dj dj what up we're talking santa claus coaches like go ahead leah and then we'll we'll get to we're just talking about um kellen moore and about like why he might not be influenced by chris peterson and even though he is a boise guy he has his own career completely independent of coaching underneath Chris Peterson. And so I find him to be probably different than anybody else that we currently have on staff that's coached with and for him in that, like, he might take some guidance and some, like, if he were the coach, like he might bounce some ideas off CP, but he's not going to be like, Oh, Chris Peterson says I shouldn't do this. He knows he is the head coach. That is his decision. And he can, he can look to him for guidance, but ultimately it's his call. Same, same philosophy that Jen Cohen should have for her position, but she is derelict in that duty. So, you know, she has, she has a lot of, she has a boatload of cash. That. Yeah. That's <laughs> she, she didn't graduate from academically prowess uh, hooligan. So I don't know that she can spell derelict, but um, anyway, um, so we're talking DJ, we're talking about uh, Santa Claus, you know, list for head coaches, uh, assuming that Jimmy Lake gets fired. So that's what we're at. Hood. Yeah, I want to go out two two more. I will say like uh, Bill O'Brien, and then maybe even like Byron Leftwich. 
left, which I'm with you on. Byron Leftwich is going to be an NFL head coach yes. in two years. There's no point for him to come here. I mean, yeah, we said yeah. the same thing about being to me, you know what I mean? So maybe need some some experience real quick and then slide into it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i with you on Leftwich. I think it's a pipe dream even more so than, than Kellen Moore is. Um, Bill O'Brien, I... Yeesh. That's a very risk reward hire. Rehabilitation, you right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so well for Sark, though. <laughs> In multiple uh, ways, I'm sure. Yeah. A trip to Joey's will fix that for him. Um, no monkey business, hooligan. <laughs> <laughs> um, DJ. Santa Claus, who's at the top of your list? And, and I'll give mine. Yeah, so I have no idea who you guys brought up or who you guys talked about. Just tuned in. But yeah, Kellen Moore, he's up there for me pretty high, if not number one. Uh, let's see. Like I don't know if – I'm trying to think of guys that maybe you guys haven't – I'm sure you guys talked about Herman. No? We have not. Herman yet. That's, that's one that – I could see, I mean, he's not number one, but he's definitely up there. Oh, who else did I write down? Uh, but yeah, uh, another one, Bill Napier, Billy Napier from uh, Louisiana. Yeah, I don't, but I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a Santa Claus pipe. Sorry. Yeah, that's a realistic one. Like oh, we're the, talking about, we're talking, oh, okay, I gotcha. We're okay. talking about like the, the, the shoot for the sky. Shoot for the stars type of guys that we Basically, mostly. we get another Chris Peterson. Okay, well, uh, Fickle from Cincinnati. Yeah, like that's. I don't think we're gonna sure. get him because I think if if he's gonna go somewhere, it's gonna go to LSU or maybe USC we're, or something like that. Not, we're not gonna then. The, the factors like we could do a we could buy him out. I don't think we're going to then we're with as expensive as as his buyout is. Yeah, I don't think we have the appetite to buy him out and then pay him yep. what it would take to have him as our head coach. Yeah, um, him in a. And uh, Lane Kiffin would be my like, what do you what do you call it, Santa Claus ones that I don't think will happen, but I'd love yeah. to see. Kiffin, I mean, like Squids has talked about it and about like in our monetary, like although I, I will say with some of the, the the names that we've seen get getting involved with Mott Lake Futures, it gives me at least a little bit more of a kernel for thought about that we could get serious and go go a little heavier in terms of what we're going to be paying our next head coach. Um, my absolute pie in the sky, more duging than DP talking about our O line before the season, is uh, is Coach Pete's compatriot on uh, the Fox pregame, Bob Stoops. Stoops. I would lose my ever loving shit in the best way possible. Stoops would be just an out like. Oh my God! How the hell did we pull that off? CP, do work, man. Recommend that. You know what I'm saying. And they're like, but that's not that's together in the Mont Lake Futures. CP influence, but not tree. That would be just right. That would be the oh my God! Like, and if he's got any, Bob, this is how you succeed, and and this is how you succeed in the West Coast. He, Bob, I mean, oh my and, God! But, is, has he said that he never wants to coach again, or is like the kind of Chris Peterson who's like, uh, maybe come back? We're not sure. I yeah, know. yeah. That you're. I, I forgot yeah. about Stoops, and I've I've been thinking about Stoops. him the last few days, but just now I forgot about him. God. But yeah, that would be awesome. 
as I said at a, at a GC, um, and I'm going to say this for our podcast audience just because I hope they get a chuckle out of it. The amount that the ducks would shit their pants would would vastly exceed the amount of duck shit that has ever been deposited in Drumheller Fountain. <laughs> I'm concerned about Bob Stoops being a culture fit at Washington. That's my big concern. Yeah. I, I can see that being a concern, but that's what your assistants are for. Yeah, I, it's. I think it'll be fine. I I I think we the the amount of times that I think we could try and thread the needle between a great football coach and a true culture fit at the University of Washington, particularly as college football migrates to probably a model that's less tied to academics, is. CPs don't grow on trees. <laughs> I mean, when Stoops did he step down like Peterson, or is that how? Or did he get fired? He stepped. Yeah, no, he's no, he didn't. He didn't get fired. Okay. He stepped down and, and stepped away, um, and L and they elevated Riley. Um, I wish we had that same situation. Uh, Riley stepping in. Oh my goodness. So guys do better. Ryan Day, Lincoln Riley, they do better early, but you see, they kind of you know start to fizzle when they don't get defensive guys Kerry Coombs looks bad you know Grinch looks okay but when they start to fizzle out like they do but but you can sustain get the momentum early from from winning two three years and then you can sustain that like Kerry Coombs ain't the guy shoot Ohio State could bring in Jimmy Lake for DC next year you know and they rebound right immediately And, and and the era that we're in in college football, we've talked about it in the GCs, um, and particularly from a fan attrition standpoint, if our offense is putting on putting points on the board, that's exciting. Like, is our is our fan base going to sit still for we're we're losing games forty eight forty five all the time? No, but when was the last time we scored forty points against a good team? Yeah, when when we had Sark as a coach, <laughs> when we when we lost to Baylor like sixty four to sixty seven or something like that, and then fired and then fired Nick Holt. <laughs> I mean, granted, it was RG three in Baylor, but like, yeah, seven hundred and seventy seven yards. Yeah, that was, ins- that was insane. And you guys probably you guys may have already talked about this, but we talked about this in spaces the other day. Like, fans want offenses they want exciting offenses that's how you get the fans more involved that's how you get more fans that's how you get some recruits looking at you like you're going to be on tv more often and yeah that would be i, I want to see us put up 40 points against good defense it's been when was that baylor game was that like eight years ago nine years ago i don't, I don't that even was know. 2011 oh, 10 damn you all dj <laughs> yeah i'm old <laughs> I, I think I've told the story on the pod before, but I, I watched that game from Cheers in downtown Sydney, Australia. Um, Hood, you haven't heard that story? Yeah, no, I was I was uh, living and working at that time. I was two months into my, my time down in Sydney. Um, took a, a morning off from work because it was the next morning uh, because Australia's a, a day ahead of us. Walked into the bar, I was figuring I'd be up in the back somewhere where the 
find a stream and be sitting there by myself. I, I was no, I had my Husky gear on. I had a Jake Locker jersey on. I didn't get into the bar. I had not stepped fully into the bar. When I hear to my kind of forward left, hey, go dogs! Group of seven or eight Husky fans that had collected and gathered. Like, this is one of my all-time favorite Husky stories because this shit matters. I stayed in contact with some of those folks for a couple of years. Like, that's one of the, like, 8,000 miles from Seattle. Like I said, I was expecting to be, like, I could do things on my own, expecting to just, like, have a couple of beers, watch the game, be cool. Like, the the community that we all have as Husky fans is truly right. special. And we just need our department to understand why this shit matters. International yeah. brand. It doesn't even seem hard, dude. Like, you can keep a resemblance of this defense by retaining, you know, one or two key components of it. Uh, Malo, Harris, whatever, whoever you want to pick. One or two people, and you still get this death row D, this identity. You know, we're into you if you really look at it, you know, and you're telling me Will Harris mm -hmm. hasn't been responsible for de developing these DBs either. So you keep D low, you keep DBs, and you can find a, you know, a charismatic linebacker coach to develop and bring in a you know, young guy. Mui Fasil. Like, like, we're. we're, we're like honestly, we could we could build a like the people on this podcast. I'm not saying this seriously, but I think we could probably put together a pretty damn good staff. <laughs> hey, does anybody remember us in the GC like much. screaming? Like in the GC, we were screaming for Court Dennison. Like when PK bolted, yep. we were like yeah. screaming for Court Dennison. Right? Like it's everything that we you know you try to find like a connection to the program someone who's like an up-and-comer like it was i mean did we even talk yep. to the fucking guy like yeah i think that was one of our first episodes when we all were talking about who who we would pick for for dc and somebody profiled court i mean we everybody was talking about bringing him back but his salary at louisville is like like not very high it's probably like yeah, it's not a football school yeah no so 50 like, bro as co-dc like easy yeah. pool yeah, easy. Easy pull. Like, we're serious, but Jen hasn't shown that she's serious about shit for football or basketball. So. Al alcohol, Jacob. She's serious about that. That's well, facts. How dare you? How dare you? I guess. I guess alcohol. You do drink alcohol at football games, so she is kind of serious about something related to football. And as a fundraiser, like we've said, that's fine. The booze and schmooze is a big deal, and that's why I said. And that's why people that have said, like, if, if there's any way to, like, maybe have her go back to her previous capacity as a fundraiser, I, it's not going to happen. It's not realistic. But she'd be good at that. But it, we have to prove that we're serious. And, like, even before we get into the names of the coaches, the thing that I would be really, really excited to hear as we approach this search is that again, Jen has delegated the responsibility to Aaron O'Connell. Yeah. I think that from what we witnessed in the women's basketball search is that number one, she kept it under wraps. This was probably in the works for weeks and nobody yep. leaked it. 
We had no idea this chick was coming. We thought, yeah, she's probably going to go to Oklahoma. She's probably going to go to you know, Auburn. Those are closer to where she's at. She was able to get one of the best coaches that it was available to get outside of our region. She was able to locate her and get her to Seattle. That that person is probably absolutely more qualified to run the athletic department than Jennifer Cohen because she has been a collegiate athlete. She was a rower at UW. She's had is a that a good program? A rower at UW? I don't know. It's it's kind of it's mid, right? Yeah, mid. winning culture. Anybody? It's mid, mid. We don't. Bad at. They row someplace. I don't know. They... Yeah. There you go. The river, I think, could. I don't know. Yeah. I can't. Remember. You need wa- you need water for that, right? Not important. We don't have water here. We don't have twenty-four hour fitness. You know, you can go. <laughs> <laughs> Stationary rowing machine. Yeah. That's right, Ergen. All to say, like, so she she was a collegiate athlete. She's worked in um, a couple of different organizations in the athletic department, doing athletic director type of things. And she was able to. She was delegated to make this hire. And I. I openly with Hooligan, you know, offline was like, I don't know. She doesn't have any like UW knowledge. Like she wasn't a basketball person. I'm not sure. And then she landed this. And like, the more I looked at Tina Langley's resume, I was like, dang, this, this lady can really do work and look at what she's at. We, she has not coached a single basketball game. She has a top 10 class. Not a single one. So this is the person that should be running the hiring search. For sure. That Langley is super, and she's super, like, appreciative for the opportunity, too. So, like, that should let you know the capacity of, like, your program. If you got this almost dang near legendary coach at Rice who's appreciative for this opportunity, like, how, like somebody like Stoops is not above you. Like, stop thinking that. Stop thinking that I got to go out here and get these rehab guys or I got to have some coaching waiting that's an average guy to try hard. No, go after I the mean, big fish. I mean, Tina Langley was asked in her opening press conference by Softy, like, because she grew up in Alabama. She's like, were you more Roll Tide or were you more War Eagle? And she won the press conference because she said, well, I'm more Go Dogs than either of those schools. And I was like, yes, nice. that is how you win the press conference. Just a smart ass lady to say that fact like understand where you are like we're not small like i've had this i had a very long argument with a fan this week on twitter um and and i think very loyal dog and i'm not disrespecting him at all but we need to get rid of like this mentality of we can't have nice things or that we're this some small time program and that gilbertson and ty and and sark that that era was reflective about who the University of Washington is. If you look at the winning percentages of our stats, going back to Jim Owens, Jim Owens won 52.9% of his his games as, as our head coach and tailed off significantly toward the end. Um, I believe Lam, uh, I believe DJ was 69 or 70%. Lambeau was 62-ish. New was 67 Gilby was in the 30s. Ty was in the 20s. Sark was basically roughly equivalent in the modern era to Jim Owens. And then uh, Pete was actually a little lower in terms of the winning percentage of, of what he did at Washington than, uh, than New by a, a half a percentage point or whatever. Um, but obviously New was tailing off. Like the 60, 60 and above 
is who we are the 60 plus is who we are and when we get hires right it's above 65. when you said when you told me that i was like dude like my expectations are kind of low too like 60 plus percent winning percentage for a universe or for the majority of like the coaches in the program like we are a top 15 program you know what i mean in the history of cfp at the end of the day like act like it you got the bank for it to act like it in this conference I'm going to go on a rant here. Everybody cool with that? In this conference, there is one school that has a higher winning percentage. Oh, no. Rant over! Rant rant done. (laughs) Audio. I guess it's fight on. I mean, I guess yes, yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm gonna say yeah. we can finish that for him. USC Somebody can picture home. that with him. But... I got it. I <laughs> was gonna say, like, USC is the only football school ahead of us in any market fashion. That's the, the I'm gonna guess that's what Hooligan's gonna say. And so we need to act like we're just as big of an alpha as SC because we are. Damn it. We are. In terms of in terms of not being SC, we have the budget. We just do. We need to we need to act like we are we have big boy pants on. We need to open up the pocketbook and spend like we want to win. Because it matters. We have fans that wanna come, we want to enjoy ourselves and it's just a shame that we're kind of acting like mm, we're just we're trying to be really, you know, budget conscious in this. No. You have the money, spend it. And with George K coming down the pipe, do you think USC is going to be like, oh, my God, we can't afford this tip? No, they're going to grab James Franklin. They're going to grab Matt Campbell. They're going to grab somebody that's going to have a ton of momentum, uh, obviously going into these new uh, uh, media rights, you know, uh, negotiations and things like that. So, you know, if we're planning on matching any of the energy that USC is probably going to bring into this new head coaching um, search, as well as obviously with what Oregon's doing, we're going to need to step our game up or we're going to fall behind teams like, because Jed Fish look good, you know what I mean, Carl Durrell struggling, but um, there's a lot of teams in this conference that look good. Oregon State is better every year, so we can fall behind in the North uh, real, real easy if we, you know, don't have a great hire. The other thing is we have an advantage on USC. We are more a more consistent and stronger revenue generator than USC. Or am I, is my audio still killed? No, oh, no, you're okay. straight. Yeah. We just listen. <laughs> Who is that your smoke alarm again? <laughs> Man, I pray there's the no mar- fire the in mar- house. The marijuana, bro. I'm smoking and the weed is setting it off. <laughs> um, like, I mean, yeah, like, SC has more history than we do. But we have a shit ton of history. Like, the only school that comes really close to us consistently over history over history is ucla is close stanford is there in terms of rose bowl appearances but stanford is not consistently serious about football and neither is ucla but like in terms of recency uw has a ton more recent success than ucla like we need to act stop acting like we're small time because we're not let alone the market that's like and that that's UW's history and that's who we are, let alone the fact of what our city is right now.
Somebody else talked. I ran over. <laughs> so we talked about uh, the pipe dream pie in the sky hires. What's everybody's uh, realistic hire looking like? Disappointment. That's, that's what I'm expecting. Justin Wilcox. Yeah. Ouch. Oh man, please no. Bob Gregory. <laughs> no, if if they retain Bob Gregory, I'll take my <laughs> fandom to somewhere else. Oh man, yeah. Not really. He's gonna be Jeff's but... replacement as AD. Oh good fucking like, lord. I think FMAC will just uh, you know rage quit everything if we do that. Jen's got a Jen. This is make or break for Jen at the end of the day. If she's gonna Absolutely. go out, she's gonna go out with a yeah. bang. And I just have a lot of confidence. If they're gonna fire Lake so soon, like there, there's a reason. You know what I mean? Like they're gonna eat that yeah. money. There's a reason. You know, like she's. I think it's she's gonna that. swing for the fences. I feel like, and if she, if she swings and misses, then that's it. But yeah. I think she'll I think, at least I think try. That's the, yeah, that's the best argument that it's not Wilcox is that she knows that her butt is on the line too. Um, and so like the safe play, like she knows that, that, you know, that if it doesn't go, if it doesn't go right, it's, you know, for sure over. So I, she knows that she has to get this one right. Yep. For sure. I think that, that I, that's the best reason that we, that we don't go after Wilcox. The other thing I thought that like she, uh, John Wilner might be floating this Wilcox idea, so we're like, oh, oh my God, it better not be this guy. And so whoever she does hire will look really good at comparison. He's the only one I've heard say that, so I don't even know if we should be talking about Wilcox. No, like, yeah, the only one who said I that. Agree. She fed him the Wilcox information. It could also be a test, a test balloon on her behalf. I mean, she fed him. The I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why she would do that. <laughs> It seems like shooting yourself in the foot. And, it, and somebody said earlier that it might be Justin Wilcox trying to find Wiggle a way out as well, too. You know, feeding information yeah, away. I think he's way really out. frustrated with. I mean, and I know Black oh, yeah. might. And like I said, I hope he, he finds a great landing spot because I think he could be a very good coach. Some, like, he could be a, a good coach now and he could be a very good coach down the line. But, like, I think the city of Berkeley and Cal is just. That's a total shit show right now. I mean, it's like he tries to run no. forward, and they just like, oh, here's your pulling your feet out from under you. It's, his buyout's seventeen million. If it, Cal fired him, I wonder what it would be if we if we like we took him and brought him here. Like we'd probably pay like five, six, I don't know, several million dollars, and yeah. that that that'd be ridiculous on top of just hiring him. But yeah, his buyout's insane. If they, that Cal is, fired him, okay. Then what is Will? Then what is Wilner smoking? Somebody, yeah, somebody tell Wilner to wake up. Or is setting off this smoke detector. That's what he's smoking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. You're hearing the bullshit alarm in the back go off. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. In terms of like, we, we we've kind of done our pie in the sky. Uh, FMAC, do you want to go with in terms of who? Basically realistic, but an optimistic or somebody you'd be excited by. I would not. I would not hate Herman as a bounce back head coach, offensive minded. If we could keep intact some like our defense, I wouldn't hate Herman as a as a as a next hire. Dude's got near seventy percent winning, seventy percent winning percentage yeah. as a head coach, and he's five and zero in bowl games. Look at. I mean, look at what he did at Texas. Like his his worst was seven and five. Um, I think they. I. Looking at like what he did, I was I think they pulled the plug a little bit early on that and I get it, like it's Texas, like that's you know you know, it's 
that's that's the nature of having a job like that. But I wouldn't hate Herman. I wouldn't hate it. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it either. I I I do think there would probably be in terms of realistic options. There's definitely people that excite me more for sure. Oh, but absolutely. if we're talking realistic options, I don't I don't hate that at all. I don't I don't either. I think that's really exciting from an offensive standpoint. Um, I think there would probably be a uh, a significant discussion about sideline behavior. But based, based based upon what? Like I mean, hey, we <laughs> based upon or the Oregon game, like Mister well, yeah. pre- preaching composure all week. No, sure. <laughs> the the Texas versus West Virginia game, I think, is what Hooligan's yeah. talking about. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm talking about. Um, Can someone catch me up on that? There's a. You see, there will be a get file. <laughs> <laughs> the situation somebody was talking trash and then he just like it was baker it was baker it, it was, no 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 it was it was it was drew Locke against west virginia oh that's right that's right no, mizzou. so he drew yeah Locke from mizzou. Oh, mizzou, mizzou, mizzou that's right so he was like doing his drew lock impersonation that's right it was basically a uh uh i don't remember the character's name from the water boy <laughs> but bobby boucher no, not Bobby Boucher, the <laughs> like the the deep swamp Cajun coach. who couldn't talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Leah, how about you? Realistic, not necessarily pie in the sky, but I don't. I haven't really thought realistic. Okay. I've just been. I've been so. I've been so caught up in um, the extremes of like I'm not. I'm expecting so little from Jen Cohen based on just what she's done in her own personal hires. I mean, she had the good sense to obviously uh, assign someone to manage the women's basketball search. But, um, but yeah, I just, you know, this is, this is too important probably for her to assign this hire to anyone but herself. And it kind of looks, it makes her look weak if she doesn't, frankly. Um, So I just, more than anything, I just hope that, she just does her homework and that she isn't swayed entirely by Chris Peterson because he is not the athletic director. She is. And the only person who will be judged on this hire is her, not him, her. So and listen to, and I will say, listen to the guys that are getting involved with Motley futures. Yep. Like if they're putting big money on the line, you need to give them a, a, a voice. Like you need my, to listen to them. My only, my only hope is that we just keep, our five-star quarterback happy and we get someone in with a, with a pretty baller offense because we obviously we need to keep Sam. We need to keep our wide receivers. We have a great receiving core. So that would be my, whoever that is, um, somebody realistic that can, that has a pretty good offensive playbook. That's, that's who I want. I don't know who that is. I've, I've like, I got, I've, I've been like so caught up in like high end and like, Oh, bargain shopping that I haven't really looked at who we have realistically able to get. So. I forgot who said it, if it was a crop or somebody else, but yeah, do whatever Damon Heward wants. Uh, I mean, as far as like what it comes to the players and like yeah. playing Sam, whatever it takes to make Sam happy and keep him on the team. Like, I mean, and, and from a pie, like we talked about in the pie in the sky, but is there a greater fit for Sam Heward than Kellen Moore? Left-handed no. quarterback that can slice and dice a defense, and, and Sam's just got more arm talent. Like, 
Um, I don't think I don't think Kellen Moore is pie in the sky. Like I don't as a as a head coach opportunity. I don't think that's pie in the sky. I think that's. Okay. I think that's something that might that and he's from he here. might be way, it might be excited about. Boise State, he's from Washington. Why, why yeah, he's from he's from Prosser. Yeah. Why do people think he's so unattainable? Like, like, tell me about that. Like, why do we feel? Well, we 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 went hard at him for OC because we don't. Well, we don't trust Jen to spend the money to, to get him. And he, yeah, he could be a head coach, NFL head coach. Head coach. Next year yeah. NFL. But I mean, it's his first year as an yeah. offensive coordinator, is it not? Second. I think that second. second okay, yeah. but. Either way, I think he's he's got some time. I'm on that. He's 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 very young still. If Ben and me don't have a job, yeah. he, he's not getting one either right now. Like Joe Brady yeah. don't have one, and Joe Brady had an explode like a innovative offense, you know. So yeah, the enemy. I there's been some rumblings that the enemy had some transgressionary issues that were a concern, but it's also I would also argue that this, I mean we we could have an entire pod about. The, the shit that the NFL takes seriously and makes it yep. to, and then the things that they don't, and all of the factors that play into that. That's a different conversation. J-Cap, how about you? Uh, realistic, excited about hire? Uh, realistic, excited about hire. Um, DJ mentioned him earlier when he popped on Billy Napier. Uh, I think that's a realistic hire. I think that's a hire that we we could make from Louisiana. Um, we talk about a guy that has, has built a program. He, I watched, spent a little bit of time watching some of, of Louisiana this year after the Oregon game, just kind of talking to other people about who might be available. And I like his creativity. Uh, the run game looked a little bit interesting for sure, comparatively to what we've been seeing from John Donovan. So, uh, I think, uh, well, I guess, to be fair, anything's been creative comparatively to John Donovan, but um, yeah, I think I think Billy Napier would would be a, a good fit for us. Hood, you got? How about you, Hood? Any, anybody you? Um, I think uh, like what I'm looking at is I'm looking at Jay Norville at Nevada. I think that's somebody who's shown that he could. Not only build a program, but have a great offense. Um, and he's currently only making six twenty-five as an HC. So, I mean, not only can you kind of bargain ball, but you could also get somebody who's got a proven track record. You know, and you can go crazy on the staff as far as spending is concerned. So that's my mm-hmm. my my guy right there, Jay Norvell. All right, Mac. Can he do push-ups in an interview, though? That's the question. That's sold in on uh, Hopkins, so that's like the deal sealer. I think. Sorry, I, I missed the topic. Are we back around? I thought I kicked it off with Herman. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, that's right. You, you did. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, DJ, did you did you go or? Yeah. So I'm going to answer your question in like two different ways. Uh, one, so mine would be Herman. Uh, same as FMAC that mm-hmm. to answer your question straight up because you asked one that kind of realistic that I would still be excited about, but the two that I would be kind of if I were to if I were to guess right now who would it be, I think it would either be someone like Jay Norvell, which I wouldn't really be that excited about to be honest. I mean there could be worse hires, but uh, and then the other one is a a name that 
can't really pronounce, but it's Kaylin uh, DeBoer, is that you, from Fresno State? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's another one. So those two, if I were to guess, those are one of those two would be our hires. And the DeBoer, that's how you pronounce the name, Fresno State, I'd probably like more. Uh, he, I think he was at like San Diego, no, not San Diego, but South Dakota State, one of those Dakota schools, I think he was prior, and he absolutely killed it there. So he has a good track record. I'll just, I'm just worried about recruiting with those two coaches. Mm -hmm. And so I would, I would want somebody that's had some experience, whether as a coordinator or head coach, well, probably not head coach, but as a coordinator in the SEC, because they know how to recruit, they know how important it is. And so mm -hmm. I would want someone that has, that's coached there in some capacity, if it's not Kellen Moore or like Bob Stoops, but you know, they, they know how to recruit there in the South. Think about relationships though. Like uh, re uh, recruiting is all about relationships and you bring in an SEC guy up into a territory that he's not had before versus Norvell or DeBoer who actually recruit California significantly, recruit the, the lower level G5 guys on the teams where they want that P5 guy, but they can't get him, you know, but they got a great relationship with that head coach. So I think that plays, plays really, really good into like picking up ne uh, Nevada's coach or Fresno State's coaches from pipeline. So, mm -hmm. or accessible to the West. No, I think that's a great point. I was going to, I was going to say something uh, against what you said, but you, you answered, cause I was going to say they don't, they don't recruit those guys, but, you kind of uh, re rebuttaled what I was going to say by saying like they still the context. You know, you offer you offer of the five star, and he's like, "Yeah, that's Fresno State, though." Yeah. You know, but then you but then you grab the D end who is a high level G five, low level P five guy. You know. Or, yeah. You know, makes so. sense. Yeah. yeah. Those two have JUCO ties too. So. Yeah, yeah. I think the one that I would be. I think is reasonable for us and is I, I think I I definitely could get on board with with Tom Herman. Um the other one for me is Dave Clawson at Wake Forest. If you can win at Wake, like yes, he doesn't have he does not have West Coast ties, but if you put the right assistant staff together that has established yeah. relationships, you keep the right pieces of our current staff, say Scott Huff, Akaika Malo, Will Harris, and and then supplement that, like if you can, like, he's got positive, like, I, I definitely trust, uh, you know, um, P-Dog 206, Andrew Percival, his, um, his evals, he's got positive grades at both Bowling Green and at Wake Forest. If you can win, if you can have a double digit season at Wake, you can coach, period. Offense puts up, like, puts up points. Yes, the offense. Um, and he's an older guy, too. So he he has nothing to prove, no machismo. Oh, I mean, they all got machismo, you know, egos. But they he's do. an older guy, you know. But it's also it's a school that's got a little bit more of like wakes in their research triangle. It's a private school, so you've got a little bit more of like to to go to the women's basketball example. You've got a little bit more of maybe that Tina Langley feel of somebody that's at a smaller school that's got a different culture than a than hiring somebody out of a Florida or a Georgia or a, you know, what have you. Um, I'd be intrigued by a Dave Gosson hire, but for sure. And it, oh, it would depend on the, the assistant staff, but. I don't yeah, think none sense. of them, I don't think none of them will satisfy like 
casuals, you know, Norvell, DeBoer. No, yeah, those Boston. guys won't for sure. But but that's up to us to be like, yo, <laughs> these are some solid guys, you know, like we may like I was telling you guys, like we're fourth, fifth, sixth fiddle in this year when it comes to coaching staff. Yeah, LSU, Penn State, USC, you know, potentially oh, yeah, Miami, etc. So I mean we but, might have to go after some of these types of dudes. The one thing that is that is a little bit of a difference to that, and there, I mean, and who, the, the, this carousel is going to get really interesting. I've heard some, we can talk about it in the post show. I've heard some really interesting rumblings. Um, some of the things that I think we're we're we may not like if we're focused on college coaches, we may not fall as far down the pecking order. Is that there may be a, with a couple of these top tier jo- top tier jobs, you could see an NFL coach take a step back. Or, you know, like take a step down from the NFL or like a, a successful NFL coach that ends up like, you know, if they have an early playoff exit and based on unreasonable expectations, they end up with a college job. Um, there are yeah. programs that are historically have kind of been known to do that. Um, and you could see like LSU could go at Joe Brady. And that's not anybody that anybody is really like, would I love Joe Brady at Washington? Yes. Oh, yeah. Is that anywhere in the realm of feasible possibility in my mind no but could he end us, up at, but he helps at us at ls if he lands at lsu that's an you know if you're looking at the the highlight like the name guys from the college ranks yeah that's a that step us up. up the pecking order yep and particularly if we act like we should that we actually yeah and also if someone like james franklin goes from penn state to USC would obviously take the USC job, but then Penn State is would be higher in the pecking order, but they'll be way behind in the process because it'll be after the season, and so like maybe we already hire a coach by then. So that, but I, I I I also think there's an argument to be made that like in that situation, they know you're looking. You could you could that either they know or you're looking at a guy we're probably kind of discounting is probably not going to come out here anyway. A guy like a Fickle yeah. or a Campbell, True. and so it actually doesn't move from our list, and it could be somebody that we would look at. Yeah. Hey, side note, because you're guys talking about Wake Forest, I saw something really cool about Wake Forest. I think it was last week, the week before. So their student body is like 6,000 students or something like that. Yeah. In their home game, they had like 5,000 or something. Like 80% of the whole student body was at their home game. That's, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Nuts. Shout out to them. Yeah, he, needs to hire some, he needs to hire a good defensive staff because they gave up 51 points to <laughs> yeah. UNC. But. Yeah. Yeah. Leah, what were you saying? Oh, I was going to say my nanny, actually. She's from here, but she went to Wake school and so like we will routinely text and like dude rachel what's going on like how are you nighting up she's like i don't know what's going on we are we are bad at sports this is so weird i don't know what is life right now so like you know it's it's definitely a shock to them and so they're super unused to it and they're fired up so come on clausen we can appreciate the football prowess over here brother we got you yeah academic academic academically prowess academically yeah i'll say one thing when you have yeah, like a top five or ten offense in the country. For some reason, it's like almost impossible to have like the same, the flip side on the, on defense to be top ten. I don't know if it's because like this, they're scoring on stops so or defense on the field a lot or whatever. So it's kind of hard to have both, but you can still have a solid defense when having like a top five or ten offense. U Dub is U Dub is prestigious enough to have both 
And uh, to be honest with you, I don't think there's any reason why we shouldn't have whomever we want. You know, to be honest with you, like I don't, I don't see why we shouldn't. So. Like you had ESPN who hates us or used to hate us say that we're a better job than Oregon at the beginning of the year, which drove people crazy. But at the end of the day, like that's a independent, uh, not independent too much, but independent entity entity telling us that, yeah, we are a, an elite job. So uh, act like it, man, for real. Open up the pocketbook. Yeah. An 18 year old kid probably said otherwise that Oregon's more elite, but we're talking about guys that are in 40s, 50s, not 60s, including some of these guys, and they know about Washington's history, and they know that this is a better job than Oregon. I mean, hopefully it doesn't change soon, but yeah, they just got to pony up. They got to pay the big bucks. Kent State's head coach is pretty good, too. I was going to say, what, Penn State? Yeah, they are. He is really good, although I've heard that he's not leaving. That's just... Who? The James Franklin, I've heard he's not leaving. Kent State. Oh, I thought you said Penn Kent. State. Sorry. I don't. I don't know much about Kent State, Coach. He he's super young. I want to say maybe even the youngest uh, coach in in football right now. But he's done pretty well at Kent State. I think he's an offensive guy, so has a solid offense. So, and I just wanted to make some DJ ties, being weird, you know, with Kent State love. So that was what I was gonna say is because we yeah. have no history at all of having a successfully hired uh, a head coach from Kent State that well, turned out. Pretty I think damn that well. Matt Campbell is from Massillon, Ohio, which is the same hometown as Don James. Oh, wow. Just saying, Massillon, Ohio is famous in Husky lore. I'm, I'm going to throw out like, one other name. Go ahead. You go sorry. Ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Leah. No, you're fine. Go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, one other. So I want an offensive coach like you guys. You guys maybe have already talked about that, but I know you guys all want an offensive coach. And then you'd also want a coach that's been a head coach too, ideally, except for Kelly Moore. But the one guy, if we were to go outside both of those criterias, is that Dan Lanning, Lanning, the DC at Georgia, who's they said is like the SC, SEC's like best recruiter. He's like one, like I don't know if he won, but like or his claim, like the SEC recruiter of the year. And that obviously you guys know how good that Georgia defense is. Granted, they have five stars everywhere, but still. Uh, if we were to go outside those boxes, that's yeah. another name to throw out there. I just worry about well, I was just going to say that uh, Dan Lanning, I was surprised that the name didn't come up yet. I mean, it was one of the guys that everyone's been talking about in, in the GCs, um, the big ones or, or the pot or whoever it is. But um, definitely been a name that's been out there a little bit, and I, I was surprised it took this long for him to come up. <laughs> Monkin, too. Yeah, him, too. Hard to Dallas Bull. Heard of Dallas Bowl. He has some That's NFL players on that team, man. He recruited no, he DeAndre DeAndre Brown, like the six six best receiver in the country. Uh he had Edo Smith. That's Southern Miss, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, Edo yeah. Smith, and then his quarterback was Nick Mullins. Yeah, well and, and I believe one of the receivers was Robert Davis. It, we I think the or the the there was I think I said pretty somebody made a comp. Uh, or I think it was actually the the TSIO guys that made a comp of when we when we signed Taj, it was a lot like that the receiver that racked up a ton of yards against us in that part of Dallas Bowl. Um, 
would be intriguing. I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more success. I mean, he got it turned around at Southern Miss. Uh, obviously, he knows how to get it done at Georgia. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm a contrarian, but Will Muschamp, once upon a time, was also the hot like defensive guy from the SEC that everybody's like, oh, this guy's going to be a can't miss. And... Uh, they shake the landscape up, too, over here, man. Yeah, it it's gonna be it's gonna be a very interesting carousel, and and certainly we're gonna have a lot to talk uh, to talk about going forward. Uh, anybody have anything else we should uh, chat about tonight, or should we wrap it? Dave Chappelle skit, wrap it up, then that shit up. All right, <laughs> wrap it up, B. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Hope you guys enjoy uh, this hour and a half of discussion about uh, the Huskies and the coaching search. Uh, We'll be back next week, possibly multiple times. At some point, we will cover uh, hoops, both men's and women's. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot more to be optimistic about on the women's side of things right now, uh, which is a little bit unprecedented uh, given where the program was under Jody Wynn. Uh, Hey, come out and support. You want to see a dub? Come out and see the girls. Let's go. We were going to find also a time to to have Fifth Down College Football on uh, next week, hopefully, to talk about his experience coming up here for the Washington and Oregon game and his national tour, uh, going to some big-time games across the country uh, throughout this season. Uh, Thanks for listening, Go Dogs. We will also stay tuned, uh, whether it's from the podcast account, my account, or uh, one of my compatriots here. Stay tuned for Twitter Spaces on Saturday post-game. We will do that. And... uh, Get on spaces and, and, and chop it up with us. Have a good one. Go dogs. Go dogs. Hire more. Dogs, beat the devil. Dog. Fork the devil. Fork the devil. <laughs> and a huge shout out to UW women's basketball alum Elise Woodward for getting the, the, the fill-in call uh, for Tony Castricone. And, and a shout out to Tony and his wife for who are imminently expecting their first, but a huge shout out to Elise uh, for getting the play-by-play responsibilities on the next few Husky games. Uh, I, for one, like I said, have, uh, I'm anxiously looking forward to a, uh, an egregiously bad officiating call uh, and hearing what Elise has to say about it. It's a huge opportunity. No holds uh, barred, done... Elise. No holds barred. Let it fly. Um, right of Eugene, Oregon. Let's go. Let's let's go. It, it's it's a big opportunity, and and she's done such a great job across so many different programs that she's called, and you know, sideline reporting to being play by play for soccer, for to being color coordinate commentator for women's basketball. Big shouts to Elise. All right.